one of the things that is really standing out to me is following God. Following God. You know, it's, it's simple to say that word that we're going to follow God, right? It's simple to say, yeah. Do you follow? Are you going to follow? Yes, I follow God. I follow God. It's very simple to say that, but it's not really simple to do. We look around and we see so many people. We look at entertainers, for instance. I could name off entertainer after entertainer, sports personality after sports personality. Let's say, oh, yes, yes, uh, me and God, we're one. You know, I serve him, I love him, and all this kind of stuff. But then you look at their life and you see that they're not really following God. They'll say it, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I do this, I do that. You may even have neighbors that are around you that you know that tell you, oh, yeah, I follow God. You ever had a neighbor say, oh, yeah, yeah, we go to church over here, and then you watch them week after week after week, and they never go to church. Following God, that's simple. Let's say it. It's simple. Doing is a total different thing. We see these people, and and we see how their lifestyles are, and and the things that they do, and, and we go, but is this really following God? Is just believing in God, really following God? It's just like I said, we've just been talking in Acts, right? They did two things, prayer and they studied to learn more about what God would have for them. You never know what God may have for you. And you're not going to know if you don't take time to talk to him, like we talked about last week, prayer and Bible study. But when we follow God, The thing that we need to learn, the thing that is so important, is we need to learn obedience and be obedient. Because a lot of times, I've had people say to me, oh yeah, well God told me to do this. He told you to stay home and not go to church. Really? God told me to do this. He told you not to give. He he told me to do this. He told you not to tell this person about him we have to be obedient following God is not just saying yes I'm doing it and 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 you know I read my Bible or I do this or that or the other it's being obedient we can't say we're following God but doing something contrary to what God wants us to do that's not following God at all as we've been reading through the Bible through this this chronological Uh, part of the Bible we just went through this area that teaches us about Abraham and his story I'm sure we have all heard the story of Abraham but I think it's a really really good place to start when we talk about obedience here's a guy who had to really be obedient to what God was telling him to do this you know he didn't have a Bible he didn't have something to read he didn't have this huge history to look back on and say yes this is why I'm following God this is why I'm following God you know Christ hadn't died on the cross yet Christ sat down on the cross. There was a promise to him that God made to him, but what does that matter? It hadn't happened yet, but he had to learn to be obedient. Today, if you think about it, if he hadn't have been obedient, the Jews would have not ever came into existence, probably. I mean, God can do whatever he wants to, don't get me wrong, but this was God's plan. God's plan was for the Jews, and today they're here because of his obedience. And and just as a side note, many people have tried to wipe them off the face of the earth, and they're still here. Because that's what God's plan is. 
Abraham had a part of this plan. He was a father to this, to this nation. And I want to just bring to your attention, if you don't know, that today, January 15, 2017, there are 70 countries that are meeting in France today trying to find a way to reduce the borders of Israel to a point that it would really be suicide for Israel. Trying to find a way to take an illegitimate group of people, the Palestinians, and they are illegitimate, no, there's no such thing as the Palestinians. It's something that's been made up. It's, a, it's all a political thing. It's all a thing just to try to grab land and do things to the Jews. But just today, they're meeting and they're, they're doing this. And I'll say on a side note, another side note, we need to stand and pray for Israel. Now we know something. There have been a lot of people that have tried to rid the Jews, of the, uh, get them off this earth for a long time. And it hasn't worked because it's not God's plan. And it won't work this time. But we should still stand and we should still pray and we should still say, Father, let your kingdom and your will be done on this earth. Let it be done here. We need to continue to pray for them. Because if I read my Bible, I know that God has a plan that no man can affect unless he allows it to happen. No man can affect God's plan unless he allows it to happen. When we go back to Noah, we look at Noah. If Noah hadn't have been the person, God would have figured something out, believe me. And when it comes to the Jews, God's got it figured out. And he started this thing with Abraham. So we're going to go to Genesis 12, 1 through 4. Let's hit that real quick. And we're going to read about how Abraham heard from God to make a move. Genesis 12, 1 through 4. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. 75 years old when he left this place. 75. And I... We had a, a young lady the other day who's in her 20s, and she was talking about marriage. And she says, I just don't know if I'm ready for marriage yet. I just don't know. I'm so young, and, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm ready for adulthood. And Christy just laughed at her. She says, girl, you're 26. I already had a child when I was 26 years old. I was married. I'd moved out of my hometown. 26. Here's a person who is 75 years old, and we think today of 75 is, that's time to settle down, right? That's time to kick our feet up and relax. Unless you're RC, he doesn't ever relax. When we look at that, we go, 75 years old, it's retirement. Let's kick our feet up and relax. It is at 75 years old that God is saying to Abram, hey, Abram, I need you to get up and I need you to move. Everybody. Everybody needs to go. I need to take you someplace. I need you to do this. When God tells you to go, you must go. In obedience, it's not about, oh, well, 
God said go, but you know what? The time just isn't right. I know he said leave right now, but see, I know better. I don't have the finances right now to do this. I don't have the means to do it right now. As a matter of fact, you know what? Uh, my child has got to do this right now. My job is going through this right now, so I, I really don't need to leave right now. Now, no, no. But God said go. No. No, I can't do that. I tell you, a person that embodies this whole obedience of going is Gladys Elward. I don't know if you know the story of Gladys Elward, but she is a missionary to China, the most prominent missionary to China that we have ever seen. A little small lady, probably, probably no bigger than, than Miss Connie back there. And she wanted to go to China, but she wasn't married. She didn't have any money. In the process, she, she goes to this, this, this mission's this uh, missions group and wants to go and they're like, no, you're not married, you don't have any, well, what, no, we're not sending you over there. We're not sending you there. So she began to save her money up, save her money and save her money and she, she goes in and she gets a train ticket. She didn't have the money for the train ticket. And she goes in to get this train ticket and, and the guy's like, what do you need? And he's like, how can I get to China? He's like, well, you'd have to go this way, then this way, then this way, this way. Because it would have been faster to take a boat. She's going to take this train. She says, okay, I'm going to do it. He goes, well, it's going to cost you this much money. You got that? No. But here is my down payment. And every week she'd come in and she'd pay on, that, pay on that train ticket. And she'd find ways of making money here, making money there. And while this was going on, the person that she was working for was a, uh, a previous missionary and had all these books and study books and stuff. She didn't have a college to go to. No, she just studied on her own. So she started taking these, stud- she started taking these books. She began to study. She began to read. She began to, to look and, and prepare for the, for the day, for the time, for the hour that she had the money to get on that train and go. And she had that ticket. She was ready to go. And the day came. She paid for that ticket. She was excited. She had, she had con, she got in contact with one person and says, okay, when you get there, remember, remember folks, there was no telephone lines to China. She wasn't calling somebody going, hey, I'm on my way, I'll be there tomorrow. This is going to be a long trek. But there was a, another missionary lady that was there that had orphanages and did things with some of those kind of things. And so she heads off over there. Because she's supposed to meet with this person. Well, in the process, her journey, God said go, she went. Her journey didn't take her the way she thought. She ends up on this train, and at one point, she didn't speak the language, and she gets to a point where nobody on the train speaks English. She doesn't know what's being said. Mostly a bunch of Russians on the train. And at this one point, they're telling her something, and she's like, no, I'm going to China. I'm not getting off this train. You know, you get, you know, they're trying to tell her, get off the train. No, I'm going to China. Get off the train. No, I'm going to China. Finally, said, forget it, whatever. So the train continues to go down the track, and it gets to this one spot, and it stops. And they, they shut, it, shut it down. And she's like, well, what's going on? She gets off the train, and she's going around. She's trying to figure out. Finally, she figures out what happened, what's happened. She has been taken to the front lines of the Russian army. And that train isn't going anywhere until they have enough people that have been killed to take it back. 
So they're like, she's stuck. She has nothing. The train's not moving. Train's not taking her back. She's just, she, can't, she has no money. She has no food. They're not going to do anything for her. They could care less who she is. So she, she begins to walk back on that track, snowing in the middle of the night. She, lays, she finally gets to a point she lays down. She has a little cookie or something, and she eats it. She lays down and goes to sleep on the track. Anything could have eaten her. She could have frozen it. Didn't happen. She wakes up later, freezing cold, but still good. No frostbite, nothing like that. Heads off down the track. Eventually, she ends up back at the station that they tried to get her to get off at. And she goes in, and, 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 and horrible things happen. They end up stripping her down to her underwear and take everything, the little bit of stuff that she has. She just keeps on believing. God called me to China. God's going to get me there. God's going to get me there. In the process, she gets taken to this house. She ends up getting on a boat. She gets rescued to get on a boat. She comes to find out that what they were going to do with her at that house is they were going to send her to these, these labor camps and, and do all this stuff. She ends up in China. She gets to the, the people's house where this lady is. and she, she gets there and they go, no, no, she's not here. She hadn't been here in days. She left days ago. Where is she? Well, we're not exactly sure. But she went up in the, in the mountains. So she goes up there, and long story short, she finally finds this lady, and uh, she starts working with her. And it's nothing. I mean, she doesn't have a bed. She doesn't have anything nice at all. And the, the, the orphanage that she went to, she sets up to the front of it, and it, the, literally, the pillars in the front have fallen down. Parts of the, parts of the wall have fallen off it, in front of this wreck called an orphanage. Years go by, and she saves hundreds of kids in the process. She leads many people to Christ. She sees change. She gets in with the government. The government really gets to working with her because they see what she's doing. And, and the women in, in China, they had a, a certain way they would, they would wrap the women's feet from a baby on up. And their feet were deformed and, and hurt and, and all this. She got them to change the rules because it was bad for the women. And then you could go online, I can't remember the name of, of, of what they did, how they did that, the rap that they did, but you go online and look at some of these women's feet, and it's just, they're totally deformed. But God told her to go, and she, she went. When, when obedience also requires us to do, when God tells us to do something, we got to do it. Okay, God, I, I, I'll get to it. I need you to do this. I'll tell you what, God, I'll do this over here. That's good too, right? This is good. But no, I need you to do this. No, God, I, I'll do this over here. See, Abraham could have done that. Abraham could have, yeah, I don't know, God. That's, I don't think that's a good place to go, okay? First off, he could have said, hey, I'm, I'm 75, man. Maybe I should retire, right? Maybe I should just kick it here. But he went in and, he went, and went. But he also, he went and did what he was supposed to do. He could have went somewhere else. So we can't, we can't take the call of God to go. Gladys Elward couldn't take the call of God to go into this missions work and head off to America. Right? We've got to go where he wants us. That means doing what he wants us to do. That's obedience. Remember the, remember the story of Jonah? He went, right? He just got on a different boat, headed the, the opposite direction. God had to correct him and take him back because he was being disobedient. We've got to do what God tells us to do. Another thing to obedience, we've got to set, we, we, when God says wait, we must wait. 
Because, you know, we talk about going and doing, but sometimes God says, whoop, slow down. Just wait right there. But God, I don't want to wait. I'm ready to leave now. I'm ready to leave now. I, I have been in situations where I've wanted to leave, and I've prayed and prayed and prayed. God, I want to. God says, no, just wait. It's not time yet. We have to be obedient. We can't just we can't just do our own thing and expect everything to be hunky dory. God's got a plan. And we need to do his plan just like Abraham did. And because Abraham was obedient, there was a great nation. There is a great nation because of his obedience. What's interesting is all the families of the earth will be blessed because of Abraham. Bible says he did as the Lord instructed him. The other thing is we can't make excuses. In this great adventure that we are, that we are on, we can't make excuses. You know, there's always an excuse for everything. Well, I can't because. I can't because. Oh, well, I would, but. Well, I, you know what I'm saying? There's always an excuse. We can always make an excuse for something. I tell you, one of the people that, have been, that I've been so impressed with is Eric. See, Eric has only been a Christian about a year. A year and a half. And me growing up, I never thought a second thought about it. I always told my, told, I'd go, you know, you want a job? Yeah, but I've got to be at church. You can have anybody else work, whatever you want to. I moved up here, Christy and I moved to, to Conway, and I was needing to get a job, and we were making the move, and I had left my job, and, and we're moving up here. I'm going to college. I'm going to go to UCA, and, and I just, my boss is like, I, I've got to be off on Sundays. Okay. Then I got to get up here, move up here. We get to working. He schedules me for Sunday. I go to him. I said, hey, listen, I, I said I can't go Sunday. I can't work on Sunday. He goes, well, we don't do that for people. I'm like, no, we already had an agreement. Well, we, I says, well, I, I can't work on Sunday. Now, you got to understand, Christy didn't even have a job. We didn't have a whole lot of money, but I wasn't going to back down. I knew what I needed to do. And Eric has done the same thing. I've been so impressed with him. When he, when he took over uh, down here at the Dickies, and pretty much is running the place. They, the, the owner says, so, now that you're doing this, what, what, what is your schedule going to be? He says, well, I've got to have Sunday nights, or Sundays, and Wednesday nights off. Oh, this is pretty impressive. Not only Sundays, but Wednesday nights, he tells me. And I've got to have the first Saturday of the month, because we have junior Bible quiz, and I have to be a part of that. This is a young man who did not grow up in church, 28 years old. Didn't grow up in church, but he knows he needs this. He needs this. We can't just make excuses when God's asking us to do something. We have got to be obedient. And when we look at obedience, sometimes it's not good. good. You know, we, we don't really enjoy it. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son, but he was still obedient. But through the obedience that Abraham had, God put something there for him to take place. Because God saw that Abraham was willing. What would happen to us if we lived our life like that? When God said, I need you to do this. And we did it. What would happen then? Would we then see 
great miracles like this miracle that happened with Abraham and Isaac? Would we see those kind of miracles in our life? When God says go and everybody's like, whoa, that makes no sense. Don't go do that. No, 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 don't go, no. That makes no sense. We say, no, God said to do it. If, if Abraham had told anybody what he was doing, they'd say, this makes no sense. And you know Sarah would have just chopped his head off right there, right? You know, he said, nope, this is my, this is my son. You're not fixed to go sacrifice him. It didn't make sense. But Abraham knew that he had to be obedient to what God had told him to do. And we need to do the same thing. We have got to be obedient in this great adventure that we're on he didn't know what the outcome was going to be but he knew that he could trust god and that god remember what he said god will supply the sacrifice god will supply whatever he is asking you to do he will take care of it you say i'm tired i'm worn out i've been god will supply believe that i don't know the outcome guess what when you're on an adventure you don't always know what the outcome is when, you, when we talked about those people who climb Mount Everest, they don't know what the outcome is going to be. They just know what the goal is. They know maybe what they're pointing towards. This is where I'm headed. Sometimes God says, go do this. What's the outcome? I don't know what the outcome is, but I know God said, go do this. It's not much of an adventure if we always know what the outcome is. There was another person that was so obedient, and that was Jesus. If you remember when he was praying in the garden, he says, oh, if you would, just take this from me. Take this cup from me. I can't do this. Please. But I'll do what you ask me. Not, not my will, but yours. Let me tell you something. If somebody comes to you and says, here's what's going to happen. You're going to die. You're going to die a gruesome death. Are you just going to sit there and go, cool, God, I got it? Are you even going to pray and say, oh, no, no, God, God, no, but my, not your wills, but mine. I don't tell you, I don't know that I can do that. It'd be difficult, right? I'd probably be saying, God, I don't think this is your will, right? I think that, that I should die in my bed, in my sleep. Not with somebody beating me to death and then hanging me on a cross. But Jesus knew even though he was going to experience this extreme pain, he knew what it was going to take so that you and I could be saved. And if he didn't do it, there was nobody else that was worthy to be the lamb that was slain, that was sacrificed, that was pure, that was holy, that could save us from our sins. That's how much he cared. So in our obedience, in this great adventure we're going on this year, the question is, what about us? In this great adventure, what is our answer? Are we going to be obedient? What is our excuse? Do we have an excuse? Do we need to put that down? Do we need to give it to God? How many people must die without Jesus because of our disobedience? Sometimes God forces our hand. He puts us in a situation for us to learn like he did Jonah. In the belly of a great fish for three days. 
that he has to do that to us. I don't want God to have to do that to me, but sometimes I know that I need to be better. My excuses are not worth it. Not with a God who can do the things that my God has done. Not with a God who said, I will send my son to die for you because I love you. Am I willing to die? Are you willing to die so that people could be saved? Is your commitment to this adventure that strong? That you're saying, I'm willing to die if it means people are saved. I know we have many missionaries who have said that. In America, we, we, we're, it's really easy to be a Christian in America because we can just go to church and call ourselves a Christian and not have anything else on our plate. What is our answer, what is our answer going to be? Are we willing to give it all up so that people can be saved? Because I'll tell you something, if church really is just going to be about us coming and singing some good music and feeling good and, and, and reading the Bible and all those kind of things, we're missing it somewhere. We're missing it somewhere. Instead, I want us to be so obedient as a church that we'll be like the church in the book of Acts. Do you remember the story, Ananias and Sapphira came, right? And they lied, and the Holy Spirit was in so in charge of the church because of their time that they were spending with him. They died just like that. I don't see that power in the church today. I don't know that the bad power is in our church today. I want that power. I want us to go up against the enemy with the power of God, not with some cool message, not with the greatest worship team, not with the coolest music, not with the best bumper videos and those kind of things. I want to go on up with the power of God. But there is only one way that we can do that, and that's when we allow him to do it and we get out of our own way. I told the team this morning, the worship team this morning, I said, you know, guys, listen, I know our worship is not where it needs to be. I've, I, I, I know that. And we're going to get there. We want to get there. And the worship has nothing to do with these people that are up here. It's I need to get where I need to be. I've done this too long. I know what great, what, what great things God can do in a worship service. I've seen it over and over and over again. So sometimes we just, like me, we're just going to have to get out of our head and get it away and say, you know what? I just got to let God figure this thing out. And when we do that in our lives and we're obedient to, to God, and I told him, I said, listen, we just got to come and be obedient. We just got to come up here and serve him. God knows our heart, and he's willing to do that for us. He's willing to come into our, and, and, and let us be in his presence if we'll do that. And this week, you know, I've just been thinking so much about it that, you know, we could do everything in our power to, to grow this church. We can follow every every rule in the book of church planning and maybe we could just have thousands of people coming to church but as what i've said all along i'd rather have 50 people that are saved going to heaven than 5,000 with 50 people going to heaven because if we're doing that if we got 50 people going to heaven i believe we have 50 people who are lo in love with jesus that's what i want 
that are telling people about Jesus, that are worshiping Jesus, that are reading and praying and studying their Bible. They're spending time with him. They're telling other people about what he's doing in their life and talking to them about them. It's not talking about unlimited church. That's not what it's about. That's not Christianity. Listen, we can be excited about unlimited church because what God is doing, because the messages are being brought, because missions is going forward, because worship to God is here. But we, we, we don't need people to come because we're great. We need people to come because they need God to touch them. That's what we want. And that was my prayer this morning. That was my prayer this morning. We need to be obedient. We need to be obedient. This is a great adventure. We're going to be on this for the rest of our life. But this year, we're going to focus on what this great adventure is a lot. A lot. Lord, I just thank you for this group of people this morning. I thank you for their willingness to come and to serve you and to worship you. Their willingness to come and pray. Their willingness to come and listen. Their willingness to pray for each other this morning. Lord, and I just praise you for that right now.